coming to you live from Caveman Studio in my mom's basement. You're listening to Jeff. Captain Caveman! Dens. And today, Ray's not here. We have the COVID shutdown, so I'm here alone. And I'm going to have a great wrestler in here. He was a two-time JUCO champion, a two-time NCAA All-American. He coaches at Lynn College. Today, we're going to have on... The one, the only, Tom, Big Cat Erickson. Hello? Big Cat, how's it going? This is K-Man from K-Man's Corner. Good, good, good. Thank you. It's good to have you on the show. How are you feeling? Good. How's that? crazy, but it's all good. <laughs> Are you guys locked up down there too? Well, not quite. I mean, they it's kind of a preference thing, but the same token, we're just kind of hanging out, staying away from folks. Yeah, our, uh, up in New York, everything's locked down. All the gyms are closed. Everything's locked up. Yeah, that's the one good thing about being a head coach and I have my own facility. I just go in my facility, get a workout in. Pretty just nice. Lock the door. Don't have to worry about anybody. Obviously, can't bring anybody in there, et cetera. But no, I just get a little bike, stretch, and stuff. I've got weights and things like that. So I can stay busy that way. Plus, I teach a class, so I have to get working on my class. Cool. You guys still have. We do a, we do a class online. Oh. We're out of school. They let us, everybody out of school, so we do everything online. Man, is that rough to teach online or what? Uh, yeah, it's going to be. I'm still working on it. They we kind of closed the middle of last week, and then this this coming week we're on spring break, so I, I get time to kind of get. I have half a semester left to kind of figure out what I want to do with the class. I teach a lecture class, and that's kind of I try to work make it interactive and things like that. It's a theory of coaching class, but it's interactive and working on assignments. But now it's just going to be all. Uh, I have to do, do either shoot a video or whatever, present materials online, and then have them kind of send it back to me, which is a little bit more work. But still trying to figure it out, honestly. Man, that'd be tough, especially uh, some of the great lecturers. They can't have any interaction with the crowd. It's a totally different thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I like interaction. I challenge kids all the time, ask them questions. Some of the assignments I have is they'll, they'll turn something in something sports related we'll, we'll discuss class and then the the coaching aspect the administrative aspect and things like that we break it down of the different aspects of why the decisions were made etc which people don't really oh, i didn't know that i, I didn't realize that etc so it's all good is it tough to do that i mean i can't even imagine i'm doing a I, I run a gym and I, I i can't get to my gym so i've been doing some online classes and it's difficult it's not that easy to do no, it's not. But yeah, it's 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 a still work in progress. You know, I mean, all this last this, in the last week, I was kind of getting. A, I have a camera in my office now. Uh, just some different stuff. We use a program called Schoology, et cetera, putting stuff online and, and everything else. So, uh, so this week will be this coming week will be me kind of setting up my last semester and getting material out going to probably have to do some more uh, project assignments and projects and stuff. It's a little frustrating, but I don't know. I good thing I, I have some resources in the school that I'll, I'll ask for some help because I don't know if it's just 
going to be a pain in the ass. I'm not sure what I want to do. I know I want to go with the class. I've taught it before, but this is absolutely totally different. Being part of a chalkboard or something like that, or setting up a PowerPoint, et cetera. So completely different. How are you with technology? I mean, I'm awful with it. Me trying to set up this camera and like edit these videos together has been a nightmare personally. <laughs> yeah, definitely slower. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm a, I am a uh, technology immigrant. <laughs> you know, they, we, I've gone through seminars and stuff and trying to catch up. Like my daughter, she's a native. She would be a technology native. She grew up with it. Me, I'm a tough technology immigrant. Matter of fact, uh, I'll have her help me. And I, I, honestly enough, she's the class. She's in my class. So, so I'll have her help me set certain things up. You know, the camera and all the, the physical hardware stuff I can put up. But in terms of doing some schoology and some other little things, she, she helps me out a bunch. Like, hey, how do I do this? How do I change the parameters on this? Or how do I plug this in? And she'll kind of help me out and kind of tell me, oh, yeah, we got to do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. I was saying, token, I make up the test, but. I was making a, a video the other day, and my for, uh, my son Forrest came in. And he's like, "What are you doing, Dad?" And he showed me like a whole bunch of shortcuts to do what I was doing a really long way, and uh, it helped me out a lot. It saved me hours. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Some of the the tech, just on your phone alone, the things you can do on your phone alone, man. There's times I'm like, "Hey, how do I do this? I need to send this to such and such. I'll shoot some video or some." some stuff I, I want to send this to, to our kids let's put this up on our snapchat let's put this up on this uh, i want to shoot this video and i want to put this up i want to i want to cut this up and i have an idea on a cut and edit some stuff but how to put it up on certain platforms gives me a little problems yeah and what's legal and what's not legal for us like you can't put that in the title you can't do this you can't do that i'm like oh thanks man i almost get all my stuff taken down real quick <laughs> yeah get myself in trouble oh by the way it's not just me it's my school etc and my job so there's certain things i can't, can't do so for a long the time good thing is we have a, i was gonna go say ahead, i'm sorry i was gonna say for a long time you can't even say covid and put it on youtube or they tear it down but it's okay now <laughs> yeah it's crazy what what's legal and not legal that they can put up and it'll be interesting to see what's going to be legal and not legal and all the different things as people get locked down and some of the things they're going to get into, et cetera, going after people and what people are going to do and post that they're doing wrong or shouldn't be doing, et cetera. I don't know. It's so right. crazy. Did you see those spring break kids down in Florida? They uh, they yell at them all, and now a lot of them got the corona. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that NBA guy uh, <laughs> for the Utah Jazz. Touch it up. So it's no big deal. He touched everything, yeah. touched everything that he got it. Karma's a yeah. bitch. <laughs> Oh yeah, but you know, I, in my class, I talk about it. You know, we as this was getting closer and closer for us, and I talked about it. And I, uh, my, actually, my very last class I taught, I put number one on the board, and on the other side of the board, other half of the board, I put a dollar sign, and I asked them why they, why they, why do you think I put this up there? And they're like, I don't know. You know, you're the one. I'm like, no. I go, what's going on right now? terms of schools and institutions of higher education, they're afraid of this, the number one, and the one being the one case that somebody gets, you know, the, the virus, someone gets diagnosed with the virus, the one. And if they didn't do everything in their power to prevent that, that one will do this, will cost us this, the money. So we are afraid of the one because it will cost this. 
and that's why sometimes it's overreacting and people are really upset, et cetera. But if we can avoid the one, we're going to do that. And yeah, it's crazy. It's this, it's that. But in the same token, we want to avoid the one. Well, the flu kills more. I go, well, if we acted this way about the flu, how many, how many deaths are acceptable? How many? 50, 100? What? No, how many deaths are acceptable? Is zero. That's right. how many should be acceptable, zero. And if we can prevent just one, then that's what we need to do. Because if we don't, we're going to go to this, which is a dollar sign. And the wrong one is going to sue, the, sue our asses off and own half the school. So it's an interesting lesson about doing it. Agree or not agree, et cetera. And we're over it. I, I got it. I'm, I'm with you, et cetera. The other thing you have to know is know your, know your demographic. Where do you fit in the grand scheme of things? And it's funny because I kind of refer to it. I go up and I'm pretty candid with my class. I was like, you know, I'll give you a great example as a, as a younger person, typical college kid, just after college, et cetera, elite athlete, going on, travel around, et cetera, taking my first HIV test when I fought. It's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. I was terrified of the results. Dude, I, I mean, I feel pretty good. I, I've known the people I've been with, et cetera, et cetera, but I don't know the people that they've been with, et cetera. And at that time, that's when the AIDS well, was kind of still unknown, et cetera. Taking that first HIV test was a little, little crazy, like a little scary. Like, oh, shit, am I, I going to be exposed? Am I the guy? Am I the guy? Can I just jump in real quick? Can you tell my listeners? Uh, can I just jump in real quick? Can you tell my listeners what year you were fighting and what year this happened? Because a lot of people don't know how old you are. <laughs> oh, I, well, uh, I'm, I'm 55 and crazy. I'm 55 right now. I'll be 56 this year, but... Gosh, when, when when was my first event? Ninety something? Ninety ninety eight? Ninety nine? Yeah. Was it Mars? I think it was like that was our first fight. Yeah. Uh, and and as crazy as that sounds, I was probably over the hill in terms of my peak prime in terms of fighting and and things like that. I was you know in the thirties, for you know later in, in my career. So uh, that was a little interesting for for me to be there late twenties and early thirties, uh, but. Uh, that was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it, it was a new thing that kind of reinvigorated me and things like that. I was one of the probably top five guys in my weight class in the world, in the United States and in the world. I think I was kind of dropped out second, third in the United States, and then probably one of the top, top ten, basically, in the world at what been wrestling-wise, and start fighting and, and kind of kind of retired from wrestling and started fighting. Went more and more to that. So, in in a sad sense... I never got to find out what it would be like to fight at my peak, so to speak, skills and everything else. But crazy. But that the sport was just so so new at the time. It was so so much so much fun and a lot of different things being established. Heck, since when I fought, there's probably about three generations in terms of the fight fighting, evolving the fighters, the training camps, different things like that. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I just wanted to date. I have most of the fighters I have on are really current fighters, so like most of my listeners are, are younger, so they, the HIV test is kind of a normal thing to them. I remember when they first came out, how scary it was. Like a lot of us were scared back then. It's it's hard to understand if you didn't live through that time. Yeah, I mean, you know what was so scary about it was the unknown. Just just like you know, it's a lot of parallels to the virus and stuff that we have right now and so it's a little easier for me to try to tell them i'm like kind of calm their fears so to speak i said look the hiv when it first started getting diagnosed and started being a big deal so to speak and then you had to get tested etc etc well look know your demographics okay if you were a white heterosexual male 
non-drug user, non-multiple sexual partner, you were very, 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 very low risk if you were at risk at all. Now, if you were a homosexual male, uh, intravenous, multiple, you know, a drug user using multiple meals and or multiple partners, you were at a medium to higher risk. Well, when I was fighting and started doing that, I was at a low risk. But that doesn't mean it's not a gone thing when you start taking that test and you don't know the results come back. For sure. I mean, I, I, yeah. The I, crazy thing now, I think guys are more terrified now of being popped for PEDs and how well they masked them compared to what we were on HIV tests. Oh, for sure. I remember the first time I took one, uh, I was super scared too. And I was already married and I wasn't messing around with anybody else. You know, I was just married. I just took it to fight and you still worry, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. You're like, Oh my God. I mean, I'm good. I'm good. But maybe one of my part, I don't know. I mean, I feel pretty confident in it, but dude, I can't speak for, Oh man, I hoped that one time. Oh dang, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you start kind of reliving and, and everything else. And, uh, but like I said, knowing your numbers, you're in a low risk group. I mean, just, just like now, et cetera. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish it at all. I mean, still, still not good, et cetera, to do the right things. But yeah, know your risk group. Know your risk group. Live smart. Be careful. Be cautious. Do the right things. Know your know your risks and things like that and you can really keep yourself at a low percentage of it you know exposure etc we're coming from the hotbed in new york uh i'm not really by in new york city at all i'm down buffalo so i'm I'm pretty far away from the city actually but even here we're having a hard time like you can go to the grocery store and all the meats are gone and all the toilet paper is gone all the cleaning supplies are gone It's, it's crazy and it's not because they can't get stuff here it's just because everyone's grabbing the stuff what do you uh how are you guys down there Supplies-wise? Um, we're a small rural town, but it's crazy. The toilet paper thing was a big deal. I mean, <laughs> it is a deal. It was a deal, et cetera. Uh, you know, the Walmart here, it's got a good flow to it, et cetera. Um, and then there's, it just kind of goes and ebbs and flows. Yeah, meat goes and stuff stuff like that, and people start hoarding it. Uh, I, I think it's calmed down a little bit because a lot of the stuff that people were buying, the expiration dates. And you can't eat it all right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some, there's plenty of freezers that are jammed full right now because people, you know, freezing everything. But a lot of stuff has expiration dates, milk, bread, and all these other things that they're buying. They have expiration dates, and they're gonna they're gonna spoil, and they're gonna be thrown away. So you know, in some of the panic, they they're they're causing more of it. If you just kind of get what you need, maybe add, add some canned goods and some non-perishable items just in case. But yeah, it's. Not, not too bad. Like I said, we're, we're comfortable, but then again, the numbers haven't gotten beaten us up. You guys are right next to big numbers, so of course, people are going to panic more, but we're a little further away from the, the numbers, so to speak, in terms of the exposures, the cases, the deaths, blah, blah, blah. So when those tick up, I think that, that need may tick up. I, I, I don't know, but hopefully by then, we're a lot more educated in terms of buying things, et cetera, keeping all the, you know, different stores and grocery stores that kind of open and keeping it stocked. I mean, I guess I understand the reaction, but it's so still so surreal to me watching people just go in and buy a bunch of stuff that, you know, anyone else can get. And now it's gone. And now we have senior time where seniors can just go. And we have people like young people going in and senior time and grabbing stuff. And now we're having problems with that too. And it's getting kind of crazy down up here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, 
that reaction is going to force other people's reaction to do something to make it tougher. And that exacerbates the situation. If we just kind of calm down, just, just take care of whatever, know the group that you're in, calm down and take care of what you need, plus a couple days maybe, that's fine. But yeah, when you have a shopping, I, mean, I went through Walmart one time and, you know, toilet paper or tissues and stuff, they had a whole crap. You, you wouldn't need that. That would last you months. Months, unless you ate Mexican food every day of your life and had to <laughs> blow up your toilet. Oh, I mean, man. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I uh, I was lucky I got an eight pack. I'm good for a while, man. I was I was thank God I could find just an eight pack. I was like, woo! Felt like I hit the lottery. No, I mean, you know, my wife and I we had clips. We go to grocery store, blah blah blah. And, you know, we were fine. Just what do we need? I said, honey, we're okay. We're okay unless all of a sudden people start coming over. You start toilet. We're we're okay. <laughs> and then crazy enough, was it three days ago? I was like, man. I was like, they got toilet paper in the, in our Walmart. You might want to grab some. So <laughs> I, I, I grab some. It's in my car. I'm like it's negotiating. Why'd you, why'd you bring it in? I go because I might negotiate, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. I got some, you know, because I felt like I, I was panic buying or something like that. And I got, I think it was an eight pack or something, not some big old whatever. But yeah, I just, yeah, that's almost embarrassing. I'm like, I'm not going to yield to it. I'm not going to yield to it. Yeah. I, I think the big thing now is the, the curbside service. Everybody's been delivering, uh, you know, a little lazy. We got some Mexican food at a restaurant. They actually brought it to your car. You paid them, hand them the money, brought it to your car. So I think that's one of the the new things that are that's going to happen now, et cetera. Deliveries and things like that will be a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be up type of stuff. It's going to be great. I was panicking a little bit the first day because I usually get my meat every day from the market and uh, two days in a row yeah. I couldn't get any meat. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But uh, I got some meat and I was fine. I just packaged up like normal people. I got like eight chicken breasts and a couple steaks. So I had a couple days worth. I normally just get it fresh every day, but I, you can't do that today. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you think of maybe a couple days, a couple days. Because anything further than that, it's going to spoil. You've got to freeze it or whatever, and you can hang out to it for so long. And even then, it, it's not going to be any good. Uh, it's a little little frustrating, but uh, it's okay. As long as we're talking about... I, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, as long as we're talking about uh, things that are getting all messed up due to the virus, I really wanted to get you in and talk about the NCAA wrestling, man. Uh, what do you think about that? Everything's canceled. It's frustrating, and here I, I I coach at an NAI school. Lyon College is an NAI institution, and we had our conference championship and our national tournament. We were one of the first people in terms of there's Division One, Two, and Division Three, and then there's Junior College Nationals. And the NAI and the Junior College got to wrestle their national tournament and, and things, so they were done. So in terms of directly affecting me, it, it did. So I'm slightly jaded with my opinion because it didn't directly affect me, but I am a wrestling person. I love sport. I'm a big fan of Division One wrestling. Obviously, I competed in it. I coached in it. And and to see that is really disheartening uh, because they're, these kids are, are wrestling for three, four years, ten years in terms of three or four in terms of their college years, you know, for that one moment to, to, to compete. Uh, and the, the really tough part this year was the division one national tournament kind of stepped up a notch they went to minneapolis to wrestle in uh wherever the minnesota vikings play that indoor stadium they roughly were anticipating and had tickets sold for like thirty-five thousand. 
they were going to set all the attendance records for Division One wrestling this year. That was their goal, and they had pre-sold X amount of tickets to actually set up to set the record, and they canceled it. Um, really disheartening, you know. I mean, you're, you're right there. You wrestled your, you know, your college career for the seniors. You really feel bad for the seniors. Um, you're, you're okay for the guys who are juniors. You feel bad because they lost a year, but they'll, get, they'll have another year to come back and get it. But what's really disheartening is the Cinderella stories. I mean, the guy that comes from nowhere that, that wins a match and, and places and, and gets to achieve, you know, achieve his goals. Um, th- those are the guys you really feel for because it's that, that special moment for those family and, and, and things like that where they will, they'll never get that chance. They'll never find out if they were quote unquote good enough. And, you know, they put it all together that, that senior year, and, it, and now it was just taken away from them. So it's really tough and disheartening. I, I feel, you know, miserable for those guys. I've got a lot of friends, or not a lot of friends, but new people on the 80 Olympic team, the wrestlers on the 80 Olympic team that got yanked from them. And you know some of those guys, they they, they competed their whole life and had that pulled from them. So, yeah, it's it's really disheartening. I feel bad for those guys. Do you think that they're going to give them? I heard a lot of talk that they might give them another year of eligibility. Do you think that's going to happen? Um, no. No, they're doing it for the spring sports. And now the spring sports have just got going. Uh, baseball probably wrestled five to ten games, et cetera. Uh, in terms of wrestling, it is a winter and spring sport. But, you know, for in terms of directly wrestling wrestling wrestled roughly about 90 percent 85 to 90 percent of their season and they missed the last 10 now that last five or ten it happens to be the national tournament but that's what they lost but they got to wrestle you know 85 90 95 percent of their season it's really hard for them to justify giving them that extra year because they wrestled that that you know 90 percent of their season you know you give them somebody 90 percent of that they're going to give them a whole new year um, really tough. And I asked my class, I have a lot of athletes in my class, my theory and coaching class, and I asked them, and I said, well, how many of you guys, how many seniors would, would even want to come back? And uh, A majority, I had a handful of seniors, I had probably about 10, 11 seniors, uh, and they're like, I wouldn't want to come back. Because now all those little bells, whistles, and hoops that you have to jump through to be eligible and the studying and things like that will have to go on. Then the months, uh, they're, you know, be the perception is everybody's on, all these elite wrestlers are on full rides. They're not. There, there, there is money being paid. There are loans that are being taken. And to sit there and as a parent who's probably paying some of this loan, playing five, ten thousand, maybe in some cases more, for their kid to go to school, who, who mortgaged the house, et cetera, for their kid to go to school, get this great education, or the loans that he's taken out, they're going to have to extend that one more year. I you know, offer you to chase a dream when it's not quite even your dream yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just for the chance to compete, a little tough. You know, so if that group, so you say they're going to give you another year. Well, they're not going to give you full scholarship. You're going to be on whatever you were on. And in most cases, it's probably 50% or less that these these customers are on. There's going to, you know, there's a, definitely a majority of those elite levels that are on that 60, 70%, but not a lot. Maybe a couple full rides, but not too many. You only, as many as you think. You only get 9.9 scholarships uh, per team, right? Right. Well, part of the exemption would have been there would have been some type of waiver where uh, to, you wouldn't have lost the 9.9. You still have 9.9 and what they did, would have done all your seniors. 
if you had three seniors and each one of them went on 50%, you had 1.5. So you would extend that 9.9 to, what is it, uh, that 11.4? If <laughs> you follow, you know, some of my crazy math or whatever. Right. So you add that, that number on there, on there, so you get those exemptions that the school's going to pay. Oof. And then, oh, oh, by the way, who's paying that? Who's paying that fee? If you're out of state at Purdue, examples like forty-two thousand dollars a year, and you you've got a couple kids that are going to come back for your senior year, that's eighty grand, eighty to a hundred thousand dollars. Where's that money coming from? Yeah, no one's paying that for wrestling for sure. Yeah, I mean the school's going to have to dish that out in terms of their budget. I mean, they, they, those the big time big ten schools, big time big ten schools, roughly a budget's anywhere from seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or higher. And then you know, you add another hundred thousand plus to your budget. Where's, it, where's that money coming from? Right. And oh, by now. the way, look at look, look at look at our economic times now. What this is doing economically, and now these schools are going to ask. Now I got it. They got the money. You're going to say, well, they get the TV, blah blah blah. I got it, but, but they're not wanting to pay. Rich people don't like to pay. Sorry. Right. Not only that, I mean, they got rich for a reason. <laughs> Can you imagine like cutting weight all season and then having all this time off and then having to go back and cut weight again? I, that'd be tough for me yeah, like when I wrestled. That'd be really tough part where they delay it, have it at the end of the year, et cetera. Well, how do you do that? And you can't, you know, you need tune-up matches. You need conference tournaments and stuff like that. So you'd have to make up some schedules and, and redo that and everything else. Well, like I said, give that next, next year. You know, any sport, take a sport. You know, you delay any sport, you're going to want training. You're going to have to do all these things and train to go ahead and compete. You know, that's why they're talking about the NBA and everything else. It's going to kill those guys because you can't just go ahead and start start the season up again. Right. You have to play these games. You have to get these guys, these athletes in shape. Yeah, they're training kind of sort of. Well, they're actually probably not training because things are closed. And then you kind of put them back into a training camp and then start going live again. Elite athletes wrestle preseason. They compete in preseason for a reason, and that reason is to get their bodies game hardened, so to speak, so that they're ready. And even then, you have injuries. Yeah, it's just it's such a hard sport, and there's nothing to do with it either. I mean, at least the college guys that were elite, and you know, they're they're you know national champions, or they would been national champions. They they can still go on and go to the NBA. I just feel bad for the wrestlers. Yeah, there's there's not there's not. I mean, if you looked at the hard numbers in terms of one of in terms of the Olympics, and that would have been our professional league, so to speak. The numbers on the Olympics, it's one of the hardest sports in terms of total numbers. Wrestling is one of the hardest sports to make an Olympic, just for the sheer numbers. Now, total receiving, they count little kids and all the age group programs and as far as you know candidates for the Olympic team, but still, it's just hard. There's there's nothing there for them. So yeah, that's take away these opportunities it's just miserable i mean God, you just feel terrible for these people and it, unless some of the listeners haven't competed or haven't had something yanked away from them it, it's hard to even fathom what it feels like for these guys who've lost their dream i know this sound this may sound retarded or stupid but what do you think about just whoever ranked number one now is the national champion number two is two all the way through eight to make the all-americans no you don't think so? Not for me. Now, if you're asking me and you just did, I'd say no. I wouldn't want it. I want to earn it. Well, I mean... And, oh, by the way, you're talking, you're talking to a guy who's ranked number one. I, and my senior year, I was ranked number one in the country. Okay, I wish they would have canceled it because I ended up taking third. 
I lost in the semifinals. Damn, if they were to wrestle, I would have taken out of one. Easy, because I was undefeated. Right, number one, nobody was close. And then I had that, that semifinal match that I didn't wrestle well. The kid that beat me wrestled awesome. He did a great job. He got into the finals. He ended up losing in the finals. But, you know, in, in terms of, uh, I want to earn it. I want to earn mine. Uh, if you're going to give it to me, uh, you're going to say I'm a champ, uh, okay, that's fine. I'm the one that's all I need. In terms of an athlete, especially a wrestler, we want to earn ours. They don't give me it. I want to earn it. I, I know what you, you, you could say that. They're doing a bunch of stuff. I think they just did some computer-generated models with wrestles and matchups and did some random things. That's all well and good, but look, you the competitor, I want to settle it on the mat, on the field, on, on, on whatever surface I'm playing on, wherever, I want to settle it there. I don't want to have a nod of who's number one or who's this or whatever. I want some little computer or something to tell me. The great thing about our sport is I get to settle it on the mat, one-on-one, me versus that guy, earn my way through the finals in the tournament. That's where I want to settle it. What I really want to venture to say a good majority would think the same way, but that's just who knows. I, what I, my thoughts were is uh, I wanted to get them all together in like a room and just have one ref in there and, and wrestle the whole thing off. But that was before this whole COVID thing went crazy, crazy. And uh, now I, there's no way that's going to happen. UFC can't even get 10 people in a room. So I know the national championship's not going to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what if you just name them no, all American or something? Because this is, I'm just talking about for like, uh, even for coaching accreditation, you know what I mean? Like you can say four time all American and. What if you're a three-time All-American, you're fighting for the guy for a job, and he's a four-time All-American, but you didn't get to wrestle, and you're ranked number one? You probably would have placed anyways, you know? Um, yes, you would hope. I mean, there's the, the, the reason it's called March Madness, it's not March. The number of ranked guys fill out their rankings. They don't go chalk all the time, and that's the great thing. That's what makes our sport so special, because they don't go that way. There's always upsets. And that's why you watch the tournament for that underdog to go ahead and get there and win that match. Uh, and, a, and a good majority of the cases, uh, number ones get there. The number two, you know, they get there. But not always. That's what makes our tournament so special. That's what makes. That's why they call it March Madness. Or they do it in basketball. They, you know, wrestling's the same way. Mat Madness, you know. March Madness, you know. You a lot of different analysis and stuff. But that's what makes it so special because it's so unpredictable. I would say wrestling's We're even suckers for the underdog. Right, I would say wrestling, suckers for the underdog. Wrestling's even more of a of a sport where you have the upsets because usually the top eight are not separated by that much. Every now and then you get an outlier that's just so much better than everybody else that's like four time national champion or something like, you know, Cal. But Kyle Dick, Kale yeah, Sanderson, yeah, Kale Sanderson, Snyder. yeah, like those guys. Those, they're pretty rare though. I mean, anyone from one to eight can a lot of times win that division. And I understand what you're saying. And I would never push for this at any other time. But if it's going to be canceled anyways, I just want these guys to get credit for like wrestling all season. You know, it's, it's terrible. Uh, I, I, I think they could maybe acknowledge their final rankings or something like that. I, I want to do something. I, I see everybody's plan. And I'm sure I'm an old school guy, man. I can burn it. Whatever. I don't want anything given to me. And shoot. Like I said, just old school. And I get it. And if I were in this situation, great. Um, you know, I lift, I, I wrestled in the tournament. Also, if I didn't wrestle, I could have been number one. I, I don't know. Like I said, and, and I'm probably not. But I'm probably right in the middle of, uh, of this, but I, I want to I want to earn it. That's what makes me. That's what gives me that edge, that grit. 
You know, that's what gives those guys, those elite guys, and they know they're elite. They're going to have their chance. Those guys that are going to win it, they're going to have that chance at a bigger and better prize down the road. Unfortunately, they can't have this. And yeah, it's going to haunt and stuff like that. It's been how long since like 1980? So we're, we're 40 years past, you know, the Olympics, the 1980 Olympics that got canceled. Hey, what about those guys? Has the NCAA ever been canceled in wrestling? I think they talked about it somewhere down World, World War II, somewhere around there, way back there, 39, I don't know, a long time ago. I, I believe it was. I I should know it. You know, coming on here, I probably need to do a little more history on it. But I, I, it's been a long time since it's been canceled, that's for sure. I mean, not any kind of modern memory that, that serves me. Uh, last 50, 60 years, for sure, I could say that. I don't believe it's been canceled. But somewhere back down the uh, World War II range or something like that, it might have been canceled. Man, I should have done some research, too. I, I knew I was going to ask you this question on the podcast, too, and I, I didn't even look it up. I just figured you were going to know. <laughs> no, I know. I, I should know. <laughs> but it, 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's not any in, in any lifetime that I know. And stuff. I, I have a pretty good feel for wrestling and, and things like that. But, yeah, it's... Uh, you definitely wrestle at a level way higher than me, so I'm going to uh, go with you on this one. But I, I still just think they should just name all, all Americans, put an asterisk next to their name, do whatever you need to do to make sure that you, everyone knows that they didn't actually compete. But I, I believe they deserve something, man. They wrestle hard all year long for to get nothing. It's just rough. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, look, Iowa did something really special this year. I mean, they went undefeated, and, 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 and they beat quote-unquote, the team in terms of Penn State and things like that. They won the Big Ten Championship. They won the toughest conference in the country. I mean, they did some incredible things, and yet they're going to walk away with, eh, nothing. Penn State's still a defending champ. Well, no, Iowa crushed them in the dual meet. So how are they defending champs? You know, Iowa, you know, you, you, they, they've done simulations or whatever, and Iowa's been incredible. You know, look at look at Tom Brands. You know, look these are the contracts. These coaches right now, Tom Brands, you know, he has incentives on this contract. He's he's probably lost tens of thousands of dollars on incentives to winning national title. Oh. And just like you said, there's there's guys that are gonna go on for jobs. I was a four time all American, I was a uh, a three time division one champ or this, or they're not gonna be able to go ahead and have that put that on that resume. You know, and, and Hey, jobs are about resumes and what you've done and everything else. It matters when you're recruiting, too. It matters a lot. People don't understand. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, what? what did, hey, how'd you guys do last year? Well, we didn't get to go. We don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, do you have any All-Americans? No, we didn't wrestle last year. We had some guys ranked. Yeah, but were they any good? I mean, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're missing those opportunities and, and the stuff. And, and oh, by the way, look at, look at these families. I mean, and I was just, uh, I was down, down in Texas a couple of weeks ago before this thing kind of started blowing up. Uh, you know, the virus start, really started spreading and started locking some things down at a, at a scouting combine. And I was talking to a gentleman named Andre Mesk, who's a world team member, world placer, et cetera. And he goes, you know, if they were going to go the way they were going to go in terms of no audiences and no fans and things like that, how much would that change? He goes, all the fans and the stuff like that, the families, and, and not only that, that uh, the, the energy and stuff like that and the upsets, 
how, how much is without the fans was going to change. And then they canceled it. Then we talk about canceling. He goes, you know, what are they going to do with the families? How that's going to change the dynamic in a family? They, that success, that failure, et cetera. How, how things are going to change in terms of some of these athletes that that one success could have propelled them on for the next job or for the next thing or whatever. Or that failure could have haunted them. How, how much is going to change the dynamic for some of these people? Because that's because they took the simplest season away, their championship away. What about the guy that fails and goes on to win the Olympics? You know, exactly. You know, I mean, the story, the the uh, the sponsorships, the uh, et cetera. I mean, a lot of this amateur wrestling is about sponsorships. You know, you need somebody to sponsor. You know, a, a lot of these people, these kids that compete, they they compete for teams. You know, Suntis Club, the New York AC, the Titan Mercury. So all these teams that are out there, New York Athletic Club, they're sponsoring these guys. Well, if they don't get a chance to prove themselves here at the national tournament, et cetera, they're not going to have a chance to gain those sponsorships. So without that sponsorship, that fringe guy is not going to be able to compete. And if he's not going to be able to compete, that might have been our guy. Or that might have been his training partner. I mean, it's just there's so many domino effects behind that. And, and you know, like I said, you're talking about wrestling. This is my sport. So I could see the dominoes that fall just because we didn't have this one championship. Uh, the, the effects it's going to have on some people. It's crazy. And uh, for anyone that was wondering what we're talking about, about sponsorship and stuff, read the book Foxcatcher. Um, don't watch the movie. Read the book, and you can really hear about the Schultz's struggle to make money and how much struggle there is to actually compete in wrestling at the highest levels. That was, you know, I don't mean to be rude when I say this, but I don't have to read the book. I lived it. Oh no, I know. I know you for sure, but I'm talking to my my <laughs> listeners because it's. I just yeah. I watched the movie and I was like ah whatever and I kind of really didn't want to read the book because I met Dave Schultz at um, um, a seminar and I never like I loved him and I didn't really want to see it or listen to it and I listened to the book finally and it's really eye opening on why they had to do that and how much money they're really making because he talks about how much money he actually made to do coaching and stuff and. Oh, it's so, terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. And if you listen to, if you read the book instead of watch the movie, you have a, a lot more understanding about what we're talking about, about sponsorships and living. And man, I just finished listening to it, so I wanted to uh, make sure I, I talk about it real quick. That if you want to know what it's really yeah, like to struggle, listen to that book. The, the sport of wrestling, I mean, and I, you know, this podcast, you're having me on, we're talking about wrestling, but wrestling is just so tough. So tough, you know, in terms of just the sport itself, just like any sport, it's really tough to do, but that money to do it. Yeah, you know, I have to pay to train and, and find the other elite athletes to bring the other competitors in and things like that. It's just so tough. And you're always looking for the little edge and angle. I'm a three time national champion. I was a national champion. I mean, you're in line to get some sponsorship. You're in line to have a club, Russell, for a club, pick you up. Now you've lost that opportunity. I mean, we, we have. In a, in a small sense, stunted our growth in the sport of wrestling and some of these other sports, but the sport of wrestling has stunted its growth now. We have done a phenomenal job over the last five, ten years. USA Wrestling's done a phenomenal job of building up and everything. These sports, they have what they call regional training centers, and they're doing all these great things. We're having the elite athlete, Kyle Schneider, uh, Kyle Dake, um, oh my God, Logan Steeper. I mean, there's, 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 these great names, Nick Wazdowski. These guys are having 
these phenomenal international careers, and they're all based on these college teams and stuff like that, where they, they use that as a springboard to get to that next level. Well, we stunted our growth a little bit. We've taken that springboard away. There's no springboard to get that sponsorship to join that club. Some of those other guys that, that guys like myself would, would not, wouldn't get to that club. I think I would have, but you know, you stunt their growth. We set back the movement, which is USA wrestling just a little bit. Uh, hopefully not much. Hopefully we will overcome it. We'll still do our thing, but by taking this year away and closing facilities, look, where, where do we train? There's no little special, except for the Olympic training centers, there's only a handful of them, and they're probably under some sort of lockdown. But all these college teams are closed. Their gyms are closed. You can't come in. Uh, I'm a head coach here at Lyon College at NAI School. I have my keys to my building. I'll go in my building, but I'm not required to have, I cannot have people in my building. I can't have practice. I can't have people training. Not go in there and do my thing by myself, but we don't have people to training. So what's this going to do with the people, with, with all these wrestlers in the Olympics, the trials and things like coming up? Where are they going to train? Is it going to be a little secret behind closed doors training? Because that's what it's going to end up being because a lot of the facilities are closed. They won't have to. And as each one of these states going going on lockdown, how much chance? Hey, can you go to a, uh, your local gym and go to your train where you've been training MMA? You can't do it. They're locked down. So not only did we take away the NCAA tournament, but now we're studying our growth for the next Olympic cycle. No, who knows about the Olympics, but in terms of the sport of wrestling, it's really going to be damaging because we can't just go out in the park and shoot hoops. Or we can't go do these things where you can do with, you know, you know, spatial awareness, et cetera. I mean, wrestling is a contact sport. You have to get into a gym. You have to have some people there. You have to be able to work out. You can't do that anymore. Or in theory, you're not supposed to be able to do that now. Right. So here, here in New York. thing is having a snowball effect. Yeah, here in New York, they took down the basketball hoops at all the parks so we won't play basketball. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, because oh we're not supposed to have more than 10 people around. It. Everything's like, everything's shut down, shut down. Good luck training and wrestling here. They're like going into buildings and threatening to arrest people. I mean, if you look on Twitter, you can see some of the MMA fighters getting kicked out of their gyms too. The threat of arrest in New yeah. York. It's, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really hard to train for like a month for these guys. It's going to be it's, insane. It's going to stunt our growth. It's going to stunt the growth from everything, those little combat sports and, and things like that. Uh, it, it, it's going to slow some things down. I mean, and we're just talking about it now, but I don't think people really realize it. I mean, you, you do because New York is one of the states that's really shutting it down. Uh, Governor Cuomo is really getting on top of, the, on top of this, you know, probably more so ahead, which is probably a lot safer. Probably it is, and and you know there's other places that are slow to get there, but they will get there eventually because this thing hasn't peaked yet. So when they do get there, this is going to stunt the growth of of sports. And obviously, we're wrestling. I'm a wrestling person, so it's going to hurt the sport of wrestling because you can't train, you can't do some of these things. You know, by the way, that's how we make our living. That's how we kind of sow our sow our oats, so to speak. So yeah, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, it's tough for us. Like we can't even do our podcast. I can't even get Ray over here. So it's just me doing you, which is pretty all right because Ray is just gonna say dumb stuff anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, because fine. <laughs> you guys do an awesome job. I've listened to some of your stuff, man. It's really good stuff. Enjoy Thank it. you. I appreciate it. What do you think about the Olympics? You think Japan's gonna lose another Olympics? Man, I hope not. I, I, I this hasn't peaked yet. And in saying that, they're, they're going to wait. They're going to delay. Um, 
I, I've been on different, I'm older, so I've been on different organizing. Uh, I, I worked when I was in Indianapolis. We hosted the Olympic trials in wrestling, just one sport, just one sport. And I saw the thousands, the tens of thousands of dollars that were outlaid to do certain things to, in preparation for the you know, for the world team trials. You're talking about the Olympics. Uh, I've gone to three Olympics, Seoul, Barcelona, Atlanta, uh, and got to see the, the things behind the scenes and how they, they, they build up the infrastructure and how much this adds to the communities. Yes, there's a lot of waste once the facilities abandoned, et cetera. That's, that's relatively rare, but the monies that they dumped into the economies and the societies of these countries and how much they have to pledge, uh, they're going to do everything they can to host it. But like I say, I go back to the thing, this hasn't peaked yet. This hasn't got to the critical point yet. Um, China and South Korea, I believe, are showing signs of stabilization, which is awesome. And the more that we and some of the other major players in the game can show stabilization of this virus, et cetera, and then it quote unquote can be controlled to a certain extent, which we don't even know what that is yet. If we can get to that point probably within the next four to six weeks or something like that, I think there's a good chance we can have the Olympics. But if we can't, I don't see how they can have the Olympics and not safely do it. Man, I don't I know. Do that, I can't imagine that. That day, sir. Yeah, just the economic economics of what it's going to do to the country. Because what they've done, billions, they're going to lose us on the economic growth of their country. I don't think they can. And their GDP and all those things. They'd have to just push it back. I don't think they could cancel the whole Olympics. I mean, that'd be there's so much money. They'd have to do it, I think. I'd hope. Yeah. But, but if countries like us, look what... Look at the lockdown that we're doing to our athletes now. Um, how weak the training? We're, we're pulling a plug on sports. We're not even letting people get gyms. We're not even letting people do this. How do we train these people? And if they don't train, there's going to be teams that don't go out there. And how many athletes do we risk? You know, injuries to these athletes and stuff that aren't aren't properly trained. I'm not trying to be a, a, a gloom and doom guy, but we have to. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, people get paid a lot more money than, than I am that kind of have the, have the right answers for this, but it, it, it's tough. Well, I'm you saying know, push I mean, it back six months, push it back eight months, whatever you need to do to make it happen. I just, I hate I'd to agree. see it cancel. You know, I, I, I'd agree. Let's, 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 let's push it back. Let's push it back. Even if we have to say, okay, you know what, let's do one year. Let's let, let's go one year. And the Olympic cycle is three. The next Olympic cycle is going to be three. Sorry. Yeah. So we're going to go 21 and then 24 again. That's fine. Because that, that, I don't know who's got it in 24, but uh, somebody does. I know it's sure it's done. But let's, let's go back one year. Let's move it back one year so we have that full cycle to get these athletes trained so we're having the Olympic Games and, and Tokyo gets the, uh, Japan gets the Olympic Games and maybe 21. Cause if we if we have to go more than three couple months, we're going into a fall and weather, et cetera, the different kind of the events that will be held outdoors <laughs> might not be as safe, et cetera. So let's, let's just say here, if we can't do this thing in a month or two, you know, push back a month or two, let's, let's push it back a year. All right, I'm done with that, man. Thank you so much. I know I'm like 15, 20 minutes <laughs> over already. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast. It's hard to get guests right now, and uh, it's hard nope. to even get guests that want to talk about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hey, man, any time, like I say, you can hit me up, text me, whatever, call me. You have my number, obviously, so I'm, I'm more than willing to do it. Heck, as long as you guys want to talk, I'll sit there and talk all day. All right, I love it, man. Thank you very much for your time, Tom. I appreciate you. All right, man, you have a great evening. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Tom Erickson coming to you. That was Tom Erickson coming to you from Caveman's Corner in my mom's basement. I'm not really in my mom's basement because that would be against the rules. I'm really at my house. So from my attic, Caveman's Corner, we're out of here.